everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 57 of the Circles and Squares PlayStation Podcast Experience. Uh, and we're here again to talk about some more video games, as we always are. Um, but of course, before we do, Kate, I must ask, how are you on this fantastic Sunday evening? You know what? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a nice weekend. It stopped raining here, you know, in the middle finally, of June. So finally, finally. It was nice. Um, yeah, so things are good. I put on, um, a little spoilers for later, I put on a very special shirt today. So our YouTube friends can kind of see that's our buddy Serge Tankin right there of System of a Down. And I, I put this on and I looked at the back. You, you buy the one with the tour dates, right? Like, you do. You always have to get tour dates. You buy at a concert. You got to get the tour dates. And this is 2011. <laughs> Holy shit. Was that a long time ago? I know. My, one of my biggest regrets of my whole life is not going to that show. Because not only did you go, but I also had a mm-hmm. whole other set of friends that could have gone as well. They did go as well. And so I had two chances that I missed both on going to see System of a Down. And now I'm just worried I'm never going to get to see them. Um, or get a band shirt. So I mean, you're you're a double winner. It was an experience. They were they were amazing. And uh, you know what? We'll as we'll talk about later in the show. You'll get another chance to experience Surge in a, a little bit of a different way. But <laughs> Ooh, okay, also a little bit of a different way. But you know what? Let's stop the tease right there, and we'll get right into uh, the show. Because of course, one of the things we're talking about today is the Metal Hellsinger demo. Uh, a game that we've really been looking forward to playing for quite a while now. I feel like it's been a couple of years, but um, yeah. So before we talk about that, though, just a run of the show for everyone listening out there. Um, we're going to have a two segment show today, as we usually do. We've got the first half of the show to talk about the games we have been playing, including that demo. And then for the second half of the show, we have expanded a listener mail question that we really liked uh, into a full on segment about uh, creating some Frankenstein games of different parts of other games and just it's going to be fun we're going to see what we come up with um so before we get into any of that though i just want to remind everybody as well that summer game fest has been going on and there has been a lot of game announcements uh maybe less than some other summers you know but there's still been a ton of stuff going on and we did a big recap on summer games fest and everything announced um last week on our news show so feel free to go check that one out if you wanted to catch up on the announcements from the week see what we thought about them uh that's all on our channel over on our last episode um, we would also love to hear from you if you wanted to write into us at circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. If you wanted to tell us what your favorite announcements from Summer Games Fest were, um, let us know. Tell us about, or tell us about how much more kick-ass the Xbox Bethesda Showcase was <laughs> and that Silk Song is real. It's real. Oh my God. Can you believe it's it? Real. I mean, within the next 12 months, apparently too, Yeah. which is, I mean, hopefully it hits that. We will see. Uh, but yeah, check out our last episode for all that talk. And for now... Let's get right into talking about uh, what if Doom met a rhythm game at a bar one night and went home. And, uh, you know, six months, whatever, nine months later, a game comes out called Metal Hellsinger. And that's what we played the demo for, Kate. So why don't you give us a lay of the land of what exactly is this and what did you uh, overall think of the demo? This game is absolutely kick-ass. It is exactly how you describe it. It is it is a Doom shooter. It's like, you know, you're slaying demons. It's very Doom aesthetic. But the secret sauce to this game is that it's secretly a rhythm game. So you listen to like the most stacked metal soundtrack, like bigger than I could have ever imagined my dreams to be for this game. And it, you play along to it and you're going around shooting these demons and you have to shoot on beat to the music. And holy fuck, <laughs> like I sat down <laughs> to play this game. I knew I was excited about it. I and I'm gonna say the demo maybe took about like half an hour, maybe forty. Yeah, I think I played for about yeah twenty five minutes, maybe something like that. Twenty five minutes, yeah, half hour, and I had the biggest smile on my face the entire time. (laughs) Like, and I'm not a first person shooter person. Like, I guess if I was to pick up one, something like Doom probably appeals to me the most. But I would never typically sit down with that style or like that genre of game but this is a day one purchase i'm picking it up like i'm so stoked for september 15th when this is going to release yeah i was pretty impressed too i mean uh listeners would know i think over the the last you know couple years we've made it pretty clear we're pretty big metal fans and uh seeing i mean look at the the list of people they have they have um burial at night dissolution i don't know dissolution but the devastation through you no tomorrow oh, so those are um, those, those are the songs song yeah right right yeah right. and then so they have yes the soundtrack is all original music which is smart because they wanted obviously to to like marry the gameplay perfectly and so to have like the right kind of beats 
for you to be able to to time your shots is important. But then they got like like the cast like A list um, people. Like, A list like metal bands and like especially the singers to come into the lyrics. So like Ginger's there, Soil Work, Trivium, System, Lamb of God. Our I always forget Lamb of God's here, even like, in there too. Like, yeah, man, Lamb of God's in here. So. It's crazy. And then they announced Surge so late too. Like he definitely is the headliner, at least in terms of like name recognition as a person, I think. Um, but yeah, it, just, yeah, he, it was amazing. He was obviously a huge band and Surge is on a lot of solo work as well. And so he's just got such distinct like, you know, vocals. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't in the demo. Uh, we got Arc Enemy in the demo. Um, and I think Dark Tranquility was the yeah, other Yeah, that band. was the other one off two tracks um but which which were like quite distinct but both worked extremely well it Um, it works perfectly like starting the demo off you you get a little bit of a tutorial and then it kind of comes in and you the game starts and you have um like the instruments are kind of basic right it's it's kind of like the bass and the guitar and some kind of light drums and then as you go through and if you hit more and more shots on the beat and you start to build up that combo meter and you hit like the next threshold of your, your points multiplier, because it is based a lot on high score, at least for the demo. But the, the higher your multiplier gets, the music starts to swell up and just instruments get added in. And then when you hit that 16 times multiplier, which is the, the highest it goes, the vocals come in and it's just like, oh my God, you get in the zone. I was like, originally, you know, it's a little tough originally to kind of get used to shooting on a beat. But I found myself, you know, you kind of get, you know, past that original couple minutes of getting used to the game and then you start to groove like with the music and then I'm tapping my foot and all of a sudden I'm like click tap, like tapping my foot, clicking my mouse at the same time. And it was it was a blast all the way through. I thoroughly enjoyed the demo. My experience as well. Like I felt like I got so into it, like because it it shows you. Um, it's got a nice little reticle in the middle uh, where like it shows you where you're aiming, but also you can see um the beat coming. So it's it's not like Guitar Hero even like this massive track, but it does have a little visual to show you like when the beat lines up with where to shoot. And so I found when I first started, I was kind of watching that mm-hmm. and like timing it almost more to the visual. But about 10 minutes into playing, I was ignoring that completely. And I wasn't even glancing at it. And I was just like totally in the zone shooting to the beat. And so it's one of those games where like at first, yeah, it's kind of overwhelming. But I could see like after having this game in your hands for a couple hours, you just are like, the rest of the world doesn't exist. And you're (laughs) so focused and in the zone. And it's just, man, when those lyrics kick in, like, there are there are like a handful of times I could count, if that, where I felt that badass playing a video game before. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. It, it is a bit of like rubbing your head and patting your stomach or whatever at the same time. Like, because I mean, we've, mm-hmm. we don't play a lot of shooters, but we played enough. Like, and the, and the way you would engage in combat in a regular shooter, like I, I had to catch myself a couple times at the start, sort of getting overwhelmed with enemies and sort of ignoring the beat and just worrying about killing them but then mm-hmm. no the point of the game is hitting the beat and getting those good those good shots and and you know working that meter up and so once you kind of get used to the fact that no you do need to really pay attention to it um it, it really just clicks i i do wish that the the reticle like the the arrows that kind of show you they're they're kind of like square brackets almost on either side of the the targeting system but i wish they were almost a little bit more visually distinct and not that I want them to be these big distracting things, um, you know, distracting your eye from the enemies or what's going on on the screen. But at the same time, they were a little hard to see at points and like they're they're very thin in a way where, you know, when you're when you lose the beat for a second, you're trying to catch up and, and like refine your rhythm. I found it a little tougher than it maybe could have been if it was a little bit more visually distinct. But that's that's like such a nitpick. And after only playing for you know, the length of the demo, I'm sure that's something when you play for an hour or two, if you get the game, um, it would be like a non-factor. Yeah, I'm sure the compromise there is like, they want it to be subtle because they don't want you to look at it. It's just there for like, if you need to click like to orientate yourself or like when you're first starting, just to kind of like get on track. But I think very much the idea is that like, you know, you're just so in the rhythm and like, you just, if you lose the beat, then you stop and listen for a second, you pick it up. And I, I think one of the things that, I found is going to be tough is like just making sure you're going like you almost want to go slow like it's better to miss a couple shots than to shoot off beat and especially to like they give you I think four different weapons that you get to try out in the demo and one of them is 
uh, like a shotgun, like a heavier gun. And so that one takes some time between shots. So you can't shoot on every beat with that one on like some of the faster weapons. And so you actually have to like shoot, wait for the next one. So I found that I could time it with one of the songs that I would shoot on every second beat. And so that was kind of cool because it was a very different approach. But I think to speak about the weapons a bit, I think we both were in agreement that our favorites were the dual pistols. They're the just pistols so were badass perfect. and like they're fast enough. You shoot every every beat basically if you have like the right timing. Yeah, I think it depends too, like what, what song else? you you do, right? Because yeah. different songs are probably gonna have different tempos. And so for the song from the demo, it seemed to fit perfectly with the pistols and just the yeah. exact rate of fire you need. Yeah, which I'm sure is I'm sure is why they they paired those two yeah. up together but absolutely there's going to be an element of kind of swapping weapons to fit the songs um or what you're fighting but the cool thing about the pistols as well that i wasn't expecting is that they have an ammo unlike using the sword and so you after a certain amount of shots you have to reload and then the really cute detail in there is that there's an active reload mechanic where when you're reloading there will be a timed on one of the beats coming up for you to press the reload button and then you instant reload instead of having to take the time. And I think it also continues to add to your like score multiplier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that even the even the downtime of the reload is perfectly timed and you just get in that rhythm and it just felt incredible the moment where you had it down. Yeah, I think something clear to point out too that that may be a bit confusing for people that haven't seen this game in, in practice is mm-hmm. unlike other rhythm games like Guitar Hero or whatever you're envisioning, you don't you're not obligated to hit every note it's perfectly acceptable to miss Mm -hmm. some of the beats like you're not it's not like notes are coming across or like you're expected to shoot it's just that you want to shoot at those times to build the multiplier um so that it works Mm -hmm. really well and to yeah to get back to the weapons though you so you had the the pistol and the shotgun which we're talking about um the sword is like the melee weapon that you get pretty self-explanatory and then the other weapon that you get is I guess it's like a magic skull that shoots fireballs. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty cool. And the thing about the skull too is is that it's the only weapon, at least as far as I could tell, where if you shoot it on beat, even if you're not hitting an enemy, you're still able to maintain your score multiplier. So it's almost like when you're traveling um, through the level and you don't want to you know, go from 16 back down to eight times and lose that level of the music, you want to always be pulling out the skull so you can keep shooting and just maintain your your level of the the music um i don't know why they make only the that one weapon like that like that was a curious choice because you're just shooting at nothing right like i would prefer to be able to keep my sword out but i'm sure they have a reason for that too and i'm also really excited to see what other weapons i don't know if they've announced kind of the whole arsenal of what you get but i'm sure there's more than four weapons doom is always known for having some you know interesting weapon choices and they always have like the bfg rocket launcher at the end and so i'm, I'm interested to see like are you going to get some kind of rocket launcher uh for metal hellsinger i think like i think in the trailer we've seen scythes is was mm. one other weapon i i recall so like, there's definitely going to be more but i just i just think it's so like the foundation of this game is such a good idea and just how it feels is phenomenal and so like you, I could play the whole game with just the skull head and nothing else, and mm-hmm. I would have a great time. But of course, like, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's going to be crazy things and some like big boss fights, and sure, it'll yeah. get a little outrageous. And it even seems like there's a little bit of a story going on. How? Yeah, there's narration and stuff too. Unclear. Like, it's it's kind of funny. Um, like the demon narrating the story yeah. seems to have a Western accent, like a cowboy. Yeah, he's like a cowboy. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I mean, that. yeah, a little unexpected, but I mean, I guess it's better than the generic like, oh, I'm a demon, like you know, like that kind of gravelly thing. It was cool. I mean, so you're going to pick this up day one. I am absolutely picking this game up day one. I I think part of the boon to me is that it's just like, it's unique within the genre for having the rhythm and the music spin. But for me, it's also a genre I never visit. So it's got that double buff of being like, double extremely fresh. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It's like extremely fresh for me. And so I just, I kind of, I love the idea of like, just having more variety because I tend to sort of play a lot of the same kind of stuff. And so this had me just like smiling from ear to ear in the sense of like, I'm this is so new, so exciting. And like, I could see myself like coming home every day and being like, I just want to play metal health singer, like goodbye friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so cool. Right. And I just the soundtrack, like you know, we've got some of my very favorite bands on here. Like 
what the second ginger comes on, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think I'm maybe slightly less interested in picking it up than you are. I think that there's a big part of me that would be maybe satisfied, like buying the soundtrack to this game and missing out on the gameplay and just, you know, enjoying the music. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'd like to play this as well, especially for the show. It's always fun when we play uh, the same thing and can kind of have that dual perspective on it. So um mm -hmm. Maybe we'll close off our Metal Hell Singer for now, and we'll—I'm uh, sure—we'll talk about it very soon uh, right. upon we'll say the real release. On it, but just one little detail: when you quit the game, I don't know if you were like paying oh, attention, yeah, just... but like he <laughs> goes in the menu and he like flashes the like rock sign. He's like goodbye, and he yeah. flies off. And those tiny little details just have me cracking up. Like it's not taking itself too too seriously this game, but it's also still badass. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me happy that someone's job was to like animate that for a week or whatever. Yeah, uh, on there. Fuck yeah, let's awesome. go. <laughs> Metal Hellsinger. Everyone check it out. Everyone go play the demo because it yeah, is a good time. It's, it's a good time. It's like half an hour. Just go check yeah. Uh, speaking of games we played for about half an hour, uh, we for PlayStation Plus this month, uh, we got together and decided we were going to check out Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl um, because we'd already played God of War. You know, we've talked about that game a lot. And so uh, All-Stars Brawl, I mean, Smash Bros. Clone, of course, we were going to get together and check this one out uh, just for an evening. So we did just that. And um, yeah, Smash Bros. Clone, great way to describe this game because it is certainly... Uh, very like Smash Bros. I think our overall, like my overall impression, tell me if you thought differently was, I mean, if you like Smash Bros and you don't all like hate Nickelodeon characters, you'll have fun playing this. Like it is, uh, it's familiar, you know, the controls are a little different. Um, we can talk about that if we want, but it's, it's generally Smash Bros. It's just a lot less uh, tight of an experience in terms of like the character controls and the smoothness of the moves, stuff like that. Um, so to me, it, it was pretty much exactly what I expected. Yeah, I agree. I think I kind of came into the expectations of like, it's not going to be a good game, but it's going to be a fun game. Uh, and that's kind of where I've landed on. Like, I think this game is a, is a lot of fun to get together with some friends, especially if you're familiar with the, with the characters or with Smash Bros. Um, and like, it's just silly to see like, you know, fucking like Reptar from Rugrats beating up Cat Dog, and then like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Garfield's here, and Nigel Thornberry, and like then you're a Ninja Turtle, and like it's just fun and silly and cool. And I could see like, you know, having a couple drinks and, you know, playing a night of this here and there. Um, yeah, Nigel Thornberry for sure was like <laughs> a standout. <laughs> <was so> <laughs> he was so weird. Um, but yeah, it definitely is not like, a game that I could see anyone playing competitively like Smash. Like, it doesn't have that angle. It doesn't feel fantastic to control. Um, and it's it's just a little bit... It's lacking that, like, polish. Um, and it's definitely... It feels more like a joke game versus Smash being, like, a legitimate game with all the character aspects. Sure, yeah. I, I think, I mean, to some extent, there are, there's other games like this too. And it, I mean, holding them all to the exact standard of Smash Bros, which is like the best-selling fighting game. You know, it's just, it's yeah. such a tried and true formula at this point of like, of course, it's not going to match that. Um, I think one area where it's just kind of weird and that, that really um, was hard for me coming from Smash, I think it was the control scheme. And, I, and you can't edit the controls to be fair, but we just didn't go through the whole process of that to play for a little bit but it was just sort of strange like the um with smash i know you have kind of like your a and b button right and you do your smash attacks but in this game you have um light and heavy attacks and then like special attacks for your character and so trying to pull off the same moves as smash bros but with the, the different like heavy light attack division was it took me like probably the first two to two or three matches to really feel like okay i understand where this is going now um, and then the special yeah, moves are very was, similar to like the B button with your your recovery moves yeah, and all that. It was kind of as if like the like the B would have its own button and that was the same. But then for your like neutrals and for A, instead of having like just regular attacks and then having the smash attacks that you charge up, it was just here's light attack and then here's heavy attack, which is as if you charge up a smash, they're slower and stronger, but it's its own button now. So like I don't think that's a bad system, but yeah, coming from Smash, it's like it's just so ingrained in your mind, in like your mind once you've played a lot, that it's second nature. And the other thing that tripped me out, which again is not the game's fault, and I could have changed it, but I always jump with like the button that's to the left, I guess. Um, 
And so like I you jump is only on the top. And so I like I never use that button because normally in Smash you have two jump buttons. And mm-hmm. so the jump is on the button that I don't use. And so that was kind of weird to get used to as well. Yeah, it it was I mean, like we said, you can edit the controls, but it is just it's a little bit of a different setup. There's also like the blocking works a lot differently and um I mean there's there's a few other distinctions. <laughs> the, grab. the grab, yeah, the grab <laughs> the is <grabbing>. hilarious. <laughs> So the grab in this one, instead of like picking the character up and like it being an attack, you just lift them up and like nothing happens. And then you just like kind of carry them around for a little bit and then you can choose to do an attack to throw them. So that it's just not instant. So you have that weird downtime where you're just like kind of holding them. And like some of the characters have the funniest like poses they do during that, like Korra, because she's like obviously like like really strong character, right? And Cora's very physically fit. She just does this like intense power squat. And <laughs> she's like holding like <laughs> we had like Nigel Thornberry, like he's struggling. Nigel Thornberry had like a one-handed pickup, I'm pretty sure. He's just doing like... this. Yeah, it was right. it was something else. It was cool. Um, I think something to mention here is the roster. Like I think they did a pretty interesting job with the roster. Now I'm not a huge Nickelodeon expert or anything like that, but I mean they have a pretty star like star status is the wrong word pretty extensive cast i would say especially as like a base game launching like 23 characters from 15 different games um i mean that's not bad i mean again comparing to smash obviously it's not a lot but smash is ridiculous and has a, the most insane roster of all time so this is pretty good there's a there's a decent like uh, you know distribution i guess there's a, it's kind of heavy in the the ninja turtles and the the SpongeBob's, I guess, but there's also some characters like from Ah Real Monsters called Oblina, which I've, I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, Jimmy Neutron apparently has a character named Hugh Neutron, but Jimmy's not in the game, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm just looking at this list. I don't think we saw him. Neutron. Yeah, I don't know. That must be his dad or something, right? I don't know. Oh, that's his dad, yeah. sure. But with these characters. I think they did a really good job finding voice actors because we played as um, we went through the this classic mode, I guess, together. We were just alternating the controller and we played as Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I mean, I've watched a little bit. You've watched a lot more than me, but we were kind of like, oh, is that his is that his real voice actor? Like it was it was very well done. And we looked it up afterwards. And I, I don't think most of the characters, if not all of them, don't have the real actors. But I mean, they did a good job to find really good impressions of them. Yeah, it was yeah pretty good. And like you said, the cast is great. It's some I feel like there's some weird choices. Um, there just is, in terms there of is. like, yeah, like like you like he said like, you know that guy is there from Jimmy Neutron, but like where's Jimmy? And like <laughs> there's a couple weird things like that. Um, like you know, hey Arnold's got Helga, but Arnold's not there. So like, kind of cool. I think that they didn't just always take like the main character because I think in a lot of times games do like in Smash you always get the like playable character from fire emblem who's always the most boring character like no one gives a shit about byla <laughs> right but right. like you know there would be this like more interesting characters in that game so it's like I, maybe they chose them based off of like popularity or like you know maybe like move compatibility i'm not really sure but it is kind of cool to see some of those like unusual characters come in yeah it is i, I always appreciate that too because you're right and i'm sure for people that are you know, coming at this as, oh, I'm a Nickelodeon fan, not not looking for a Smash replacement. Um, those people would probably be more appreciative of, like, you know, the roster than we were. Because, I mean, we we opened it up and, like, that character from, ah, Monsters or whatever. Like, I had, I had never seen that guy before. He just looked like a straw with eyes and some funny stripes. <laughs> and, like, he was fine. But I'm sure some other people that are, you know, oh, I really grew up with that. Or, or like, I remember that show, you know, um, could be kind of cool. I also think just looking on- online, like I feel like you and I are a little low on this game compared to the critical consensus because like Push Square, I'm just looking like they're quoted as saying this is the best Super Smash Bros. clone we've ever played. Um, and so, you know, that's pretty nice praise. And I, I'm, try- I'm trying to think now, like what other clones of Smash are better than this? Because I like this more than PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I can tell you that right now. And that's like the PlayStation characters are cool, but that game is just the scoring was so weird. Like I would way rather play this than that. The other thing this game has over Smash is we played an online match and we mm. kind of just swapped off stocks. We played Shredder, who is actually like a really cool he was character. Good. Powerhouse. Uh, Shredder was awesome. Uh, but we played online and this cool level that was like big blue and everyone was on like buses and shit. Um, but the connection was insanely good. And I know that everyone was kind of like excited, but also laughing about the idea that this game has netcode, which is like <laughs> what 
you know, like people are pushing for for all fighting games because it's way better for like connectivity and like lack of latency and stuff. So this game has netcode. Smash Online absolutely does not. <laughs> it's running on the Nintendo Switch Online. So this game, we like played it and we're like, we got on the match. We're like that was like perfect, buttery, smooth connection. Not even a single second we felt like it dipped. And like you can't necessarily always say that about Smash. Online, you can't you can't so. say that about Smash almost ever that you get a flawless match online. <laughs> like it was impressive in this game. You could have you could have probably yeah. convinced me that that was a local game, and that any little bits of lag mm -hmm. were because the game's not like a perfectly polished, not the other way around. But yeah, so it, it's kind of one of those things where like it is a joke game and it's silly and it's intended to kind of be a bit of a laugh, but at the same time, like. You know they put some really like good work into this game and it is like legitimately a good time totally um, i don't think i see myself playing it a hell of a lot more aside from like like i said before you have a couple drinks and maybe play with a, a couple friends um but yeah, yeah. it is that's what this is right that's what this is and you know what for people that don't have a switch and like want to play something sort of like that if you're like more of a fighting game person or you're you know this isn't that bad and if they do if they updated it and you know tighten the controls up a little bit more added some characters and some stages it's it's not as much of a joke game as you would think it is um you know I, i'm not endorsing it saying it's amazing but i think it's it it has its place and i i i'm i'm honestly interested to see like what other people i know would think about this game it, it, the ones that wouldn't just write it off for being funny because it has like you know ren and stimpy or something in it <laughs> But uh, yeah, the cool game. Because like we didn't have them all originally. Um, yeah. But like it's like Ren and Simpy, we know we fought them as an enemy in the game, but we didn't have access to them. So I think the cast is like a bit bigger than it seems at first. Whether you unlock and like maybe potential DLC later, but it is it is kind of cool. All right. Any final thoughts before I tell you about my last game? No. Okay. Go for it. All right, so I want to tell everybody quickly about Signs of a Sojourner, which is a game that I played uh, on the wonderful service known as Game Pass. Um, and this is just a very interesting deck building game that I think that, I mean, deck building is a very deceiving way to describe this game. But what it is, is it's based on conversations. It's a narrative game about communication and relationships with people. And so, so kind of what it is, is you're this girl and you live in this town where... I guess your mom has been sort of a trader where she goes around to nearby towns and buys goods and then brings them back and sells them in her store. And through doing this work, your mom has gained all these connections with people in sort of neighboring cities of where you're living and the people in the city where you're living as well. And then, so you got, you kind of get past that part of the start and then the game turns into you're a little bit older now and you and your childhood friend are doing this work your mom was doing before he's running the store and then my job is to go out and or your character's job is to go out and kind of walk that same path of you know around to all the different towns in the in the area and meet up with people and find goods and trade and do all these things but the the way that you go through the game and you meet all the different characters around in the towns and you you know build relationships with them is all done through a card system which is sort of analogous to communication styles and so what's really interesting about it is <clears throat> the cards are sort of they look like regular sort of playing cards and on the the left and the right of them if you can envision it would be like one of four symbols or there may be five symbols like a triangle and so the point is is if you put a card down it's going to have a triangle on the front or the you know the left and the right and then when the when it's the other person's turn the idea is that they want to play their next card has to connect kind of like you would connect a domino with the same number next to the card with the same symbol that you have. But of course, different people have different decks. So you might have a lot of triangles, but someone you're talking to might have like circles and diamonds. And so what the game is trying to tell you is that your communication style doesn't match with the person you're trying to talk to. Like you're trying to get along, but you just don't have the cards to line up because you're you're playing this game collaboratively with the, with the NPCs. And so as you go, every time you talk to somebody, you actually get to take a card from their deck and add it to yours. Um, but you also then have to replace a card in your deck and take it out and with a maximum of 10. And so every time you talk, you're kind of cycling it through. And I think it's supposed to be like a metaphor for the more people you meet in your life, you pick up 
different things from them, different conversation styles, learn to talk to different people, and you become more experienced. So by the end of the game, you kind of have this, this much more diverse deck of different symbols, and uh, you're able to talk to a lot more different people from from speaking to them previously like you'll you'll run into a character like oh that guy had a lot of diamond cards can't really talk to him but then two days later you'll come back and you've learned to speak the way that he speaks um it's it's just a very fascinating sort of comparison to language that works so well that sounds really neat like that sounds like extremely simple in concept but i could see it being a very like emotionally driven game especially if the, the narrative and the writing is good. Um, but that's super cool. Like I, I just, I watched a video on it this morning because it was not a game I'd heard of. And like, yeah, you said like the cards are so simple and it's just, it, it's it's a really like elegant way to match up like how a conversation would work or at least like just that principle of like, yeah, like, you know, like something you might say you, you find is a joke and someone else might not take it that way. And it's just so like subjective, right? To how people are going to understand what someone else is saying. And it, even if you mean something a certain way, you're like meaning it in your triangle language. If they're a circle interpretation person, then they're not going to understand your triangle perfectly. And mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. it's so simple, but so neat. Yeah, it is. And this, the symbols are supposed to represent like different things like... Um, you know, sentimentality or like aggression or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But I, I mean, as playing, I just kind of got focused on on the colors and the symbols just because you, you lose a little bit of that, I think. Um, I mean, this one thing I will say is the story itself, I wouldn't say overly compelled me. Like the 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 character interactions and the individual people you speak to, some of them are, are interesting and I was I wanted to go back and talk to them. But the narrative itself, I think, was you know not the biggest draw of the game but just the the way you actually built your deck um and played the cards was cool and i mean there's lots of different things that you end up getting in your deck as well like it's not always just the symbols you also have um better cards that you get eventually too like there's one called um ramble like it'll have two symbols and then have a special ability on the card called ramble and what that means is you can then play two cards in a row if you get that so if you're talking to someone and you know you don't have a lot of compatible language you can ramble on about something you know very well and play like two cards in a row with two of your symbols to to get to where you need to to complete the conversation for example not always a very good tactic in a real conversation (laughs) if someone doesn't really want to talk to you the one of the worst things you can do is just ramble on about some shit they don't care about yeah no i mean (laughs) you're right you're right but for the game it works very well as a mechanic yeah um and and that's just the thing too is like you you the characters aside from one or two in the game they always want to be collaborative with you like they're never going to play something that doesn't connect if they have a card that will match what you've played they will play it because they want to talk to you too it's just when it doesn't work it's because you have an incompatibility with that person at that time and the other thing that makes the game more challenging as you go is you when you're when you're going out and talking to people and gathering resources for the store um you go on these these uh long journeys i think sojourn a sojourn is like a journey right is that Am I getting that right? Whatever it is. I believe so. So you're gone for like multiple days at a time and you begin to get fatigued as you're on the road and that'll add like fatigue cards to your deck and those don't match with anything. So eventually you begin to, it's almost like you're becoming tired and your brain's not functioning. So you're losing your thought process. You can't put the words in your mouth that you're looking for. And it's like, it's all just so metaphorical to, to real speech in a way that I didn't think was possible to emulate with a card game. Uh, and so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It's a pretty short little game and it's, and we always say it's like a perfect game pass game, um, mm-hmm. which I hundred percent would recommend to people that do have that. Um, I think it's on PlayStation as well if you wanted to buy it, but, uh, I mean, it's just cool. And if you like deck building games too, like I, we've talked about before a couple episodes ago, how we're kind of getting burnt out on like the slay the spire deck building sort of format. Like it's just, it's been done a lot, but but um, finding a fresh take on even a deck building game as well was uh, was very fascinating. And, and, I, and I wasn't expecting it to be like this when I first started playing, too. I, I totally thought it was going to be like, you know, your generic deck builder with like creatures and spells and stuff. But it was it was uh, totally unexpected what it ended up being. And I had a great time. That going on the list. I keep talking such a good game about getting a game pass <laughs> and like. Second I'm done Elden Ring, it's happening. Whatever comes first, actually. If I finish Elden Ring or Silk Song comes out. But I think, I think I really should be able to finish it. 
uh, in time. But this game is is on the list, and a, show, a sojourner is a person who resides temporarily in a place. Okay, so kind of yeah. like a journeyer because you're never in one place too long. Right, so that makes a lot um, of sense. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's just a lot of characters you meet. I mean, I won't spoil anymore. You you can't talk to everyone either, so you are gonna have like a bit of a different experience. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see what you think when you play this one. Okay. Deal. We'll, we'll get back to you on that one. Cool. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the second half of the show then, which is going to be um, an extended conversation about a listener mail question that we got a couple of weeks ago from our good friend Jonah. And so maybe uh, we'll start off this segment just with if you wanted to read that question out and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we really appreciate Jonah. And I think he had a lot of fun with this. Um, or at least I hope he did. But he said he wants us... To, now, this is actually a suggestion of his for Halloween. So we've sat on this for a little bit of time. Uh, and it's Halloween in, in June now. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, get, everyone knows June Halloween. Yeah, get your candy out, you know, put your Spider-Man costume on. And, and just uh, be a good well, sport about it, okay? We don't know. No tricks, only treats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And he wanted us to build what our Frankenstein game would look like. So we've slightly adjusted it, but the original pitch was you get a set of characters from one game, story or writing from another game, the mechanics from another, graphics, music, sound, so on. So five sources of games. And then you have to put them all together and it's like Frankenstein's monster of a game. And then he's added at the bottom, which I am going to be a good sport and read because he's added a note to you, James. Note to James when he reads this question. Katie is not allowed to pick characters from Dark Souls 1, story from Dark Souls 3, mechanics from Bloodborne, etc. I know your tricks. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I promised before, it is it is treats, not tricks, and I have refrained myself from doing that. Well, you know the thing is too, is like you would have just ended up building a Souls game, and that's not in the spirit of building Elden a Ring. Frankenstein game, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's not fun. I already have Souls games. I want something else that doesn't exist yet that only I can build out of the misshapen bits of other things exactly um so that's really exciting i love this question it was kind of a hard thought process um and we did end up slightly adjusting it just to give ourselves a little bit more freedom with the games we were making so what we ended up coming up with was that we were going to have six um aspects to build the game so we went with number one uh it's the music uh we had number two graphics style or aesthetic Number three, characters. Four is the story narrative. And then five and six are two different mechanics. Mechanic A, mechanic B, just to mix and match a little bit more. Um, and then we also decided we were going to make one game that was just something like something really funny that we could think of. And then the second one was like a, a dream game that we actually would really like to play. Um, so I think we're going to go with the good games first um, because Jonah has also given us like a game that he made, which actually sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> I kind of want to play it. <laughs> I'm excited um, for this. I'm, I'm very so, excited for Jonah's idea. And yeah. just before we read them out, I just want to remind everybody, please write in your answers uh, or email. Of course, you know it. We'll remind you at the end of the show. But while, you're, while we're doing this, put your thinking caps on, everybody, and make your Frankenstein games along with us because we would love submissions of uh, what comes to your mind. Awesome. Um, okay, so yeah, before we get in ours, we'll, we'll give Jonah's. And he's kind of cheated a little bit too, because he sort of cheated on... So he gave us an outline, and then we changed it. And then he changed it for his answer. <laughs> so <laughs> three different things. Um, but he's kind of sort of stuck to it. So he said, the graphics... He skipped music altogether, because, you know... His game's silent. His game's totally silent, exactly. He saved uh, budget there's, on, there's like, no, sound design. Exactly. There's no audio, no, no dialogue, no, like, you know, atmospheric background sounds. It's just totally, like nothing um so he said the graphic install is going to be horizon the mm -hmm. colors the vibrancy it's a very detailed beautiful world uh the characters are going to be star wars knights of the old republic 2 because apparently everyone okay. i've never played it but apparently everyone has their own motivations and they're really good fully realized characters even the droids um and there's a great mix of like drama and comedy which does sound cool and dramedy like as they say dramedy uh, number four, which, which put a big smile on my face, is the narrative is Banner Saga, yes, okay. which is the depth of choice and meaningful choices, uh, which I'm really proud of. That was a game I recommended to him, so I know he enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but also shout out to Mass Effect 2 for like a similar reason. Mm -hmm. um, then he's added level design, which is kind of a cool thing that we could have put in ours, but we didn't. Um, that's Dark Souls 1, particularly the Firelink loops, which again, I'm very proud of. 
Uh, and then we have two, the two game mechanics are, one is the character progression of Skyrim, which is okay. like when you use the skills, you gain the like perks of points in those skills, which I think is also super cool. We talked about on our level up episode. Um, and then number seven is the, the Force Unleashed combat, which is like <laughs> the Wii motion controls. <laughs> which like, you said we're pretty decent at the time, but like, you know, I've had a decade and a half to possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Going back to those Wii motion controls, Joe, and I don't know about that, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe they weren't the most polished, but think about like what, you know, maybe the Switch could do a little well, bit better now. It could be the so. Wii Motion Plus, at least, you know, there's a big, Wii big improvement Plus, yeah, there. right. You know, big imagine if we got a Joy-Con Plus, so <laughs> it could work. Just wait, um, Switch Pro. <laughs> When he says, we put this all together, it's an open world single player, maybe limited co-op RPG. And like, it actually could be super cool. And as weird as Horizon Star Wars, like mashup seems at first, it actually works really well with like the nature slash tech kind mm -hmm. of like. I, I think that, that lines up. Things. That lines up. Yeah. Because Star Wars has elements of that too, of like yeah. some nature kind of stuff. Like there's those forested planets and, and all mm -hmm. that. Like it's not all space and tech. So that, that works. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a cool game and I might. I mean, like, I want to play Jedi Fallen Order and this to me kind of just seems like an like a slightly more fantasy version of mm -hmm. Jedi Fallen mm -hmm. Order with, like, a little bit more narrative choice. And that actually sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> it does, it does. All right, I would play that one. I would play it. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first give or do you want me to? Give you, okay, me the best game, right? This is the good game? The best game, yeah. Okay. We'll go our best games and we'll do our funny games. Afterwards. So, okay, so here's my take on this. I, I kind of based both of my games on what games I wanted to make the best version of themselves. And so okay. what's the game that we always bag on is never living up to the potential of how cool the world is, Kate? Oh my God, did you do a Pokemon game? I made a Pokemon game. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, interesting. So I'm going to pitch to you the ultimate Pokemon game. Oh starting, God, off, okay. starting off, the music is going to be from SA2B style. Okay. Uh, it's oh have, my God. You know yes. what? It's going to be Crush cool. 40? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great because, I mean, they have a different yeah. varieties, right? Like there's some kind of like cave type of music if you were to be underground. There is, uh, you know, a lot of rock music that I think would work really well for some nice battles and all that. Uh, so it could be cool. And I mean, honestly, it's just it's just a killer soundtrack, SA2B. It I want to match it uh, for this. So we'll go with that. Uh, the graphic style, imagine this. You're exploring a Pokemon continent, but it looks just like Ghost of Tsushima uh, yeah. with those beautiful yeah. environments. You know, you're seeing all the different colors in the trees and different plants yeah. around. Like, man, the water in that game too, beautiful. Lots of water Pokemon out there, guys. Lots of water Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, I mean, Tsushima's perfect. Now, the characters, this is where it gets interesting. The characters are obviously and clearly going to be based off of Monster Hunter. Because I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the Pokemon. Yeah. And what's yeah. so cool about that is that with Monster Hunter, for those that haven't played, the the, the creatures are so well realized. Like, they all have their own behaviors that they go uh, and, and, you know, act out. And they have different weak points and different biological sort of... Um, parts where it's like oh if you if you cut off its you know its wings it can't fly or if you cut off this gland it has in its throat it can't breathe fire anymore and uh, i think that type of thing would just be make pokemon obviously uh, on a whole new level um so with the story and the narrative i'm going with yakuza because i want there <laughs> i want there to be a big grand narrative in this in this exciting pokemon world you know it's very mm -hmm. uh, intense there might be some death there might be some killings you know it's 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 a hard realized world you know people might do drugs like what if there's a chancy that deals drugs out of its little pouch but then at the <laughs> but then at the same time you're going to be doing some zany crazy stuff as well and like you know right. insane people can live in pokemon worlds as well uh so i think that would work just perfectly uh, now for the mechanics that I've added to this game to make it just the best. Number one, and this is a little cheating because it's it's not really a mechanic, but I thought it would be great if it's some it's some place in this Pokemon universe there was like a full Pokemon Stadium suite where you could like yeah. go to the Pokemon Stadium. Uh, you, it could be like you know there's university towns where like you know it's the campus and there's yeah. there's a uh, housing and all that. Like this is what if you there was like a stadium town where there was little huts you could go to and you could participate in the mini games and you could do all the different activities from a Pokemon Stadium game, but it's like in a city. 
this kind of reminds me of like like an olympic village but yeah, yeah like just like amazing. that yeah just like that and then it's interesting that jonah had brought up um mass effect loyalty missions because i thought my second mechanic would be loyalty missions for your Pokemon. And as you grew your bond with them over time, they would sometimes make requests to you and be like, oh, you know, there's the, I'm a Butterfree and there's a Butterfree in this forest over to the north. And I, I it's my old love interest and I'd love to go meet them or something like that. And I thought you are going to make us play Bye Bye Butterfree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what if one of their loyalty missions was like, hey, after you, after we win the Elite Four, I want you to release me into the wild because that's mm -hmm. my life goal. And I just think that that little bit of extra personality would be the cherry on top of what would already be a fantastic game. Um, this, and yeah, this I'm is so fucking cool. So yeah. is it still like a turn-based RPG or is it like a Monster Hunter style where like you're in an overworld, like action mm. kind of RPG? Well, that's a good question that I didn't think about because I ran out of mechanics to <laughs> add. But I guess what I'm envisioning it as would be... Um, maybe even like a hybrid, you know, like I, in Pokemon Legends Arceus, it is turn-based, but you can still, your character can still run around. So it might mm -hmm. be that you're giving orders to your Pokemon, but then the trainer still has things you got to do. Like if you order your Pokemon to use earthquake, like you got to figure out a way to keep yourself safe because you're about to get trapped in an earthquake or something like that. Okay. And so maybe you have to be kind of more strategic um, with that. I don't know. Or maybe like if you run too far away, your Pokemon can't hear you and you, and you can't give it orders and it fights by itself um yeah there's tons of possibilities this is actually so cool i would 100 percent play this game yeah um and you know what the funny part is is that i kind of built the same game but with some different twists did you do pokemon too <laughs> i not only okay so you did pokemon like serious cool rpg like pokemon yeah. at its potential right i did that but made it scary oh nice <laughs> So in my mind, my mechanic V was Pokemon. And that's where I started mm -hmm. is like, what kind of Pokemon game would I want to play? Because I want a cool Pokemon game. And the first thing I thought of was Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so my two mechanics were actually Pokemon as Pokemon are a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And B, like the Monster Hunter. But I went more for like, you are not capturing Pokemon and it's not a turn-based RPG. I went more like it's an action RPG and you're fighting the Pokemon. Okay, okay. Pokemon are like the monsters that you have to like, picture all those like cool artists where they do like scary or like realistic versions of what Pokemon might look like. And there are these like big, like terrifying, like those what Contra awesome. would actually look like. It's so scary and like, you know, you have actual like bear tick is just a massive fucking bear that wants to kill you. And so it's those Pokemon. And then the second mechanic is the monster hunter, like weapon crafting and like armor crafting. Mm -hmm. Cause if you killed the Pokemon, you could have like, you know, like blast oh, voice wow. cannon or something. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And so yeah, stuff like that. I want that part of monster hunter. So that's kind of where I started. And I was like, well, where do I go from here? So I, as well, to keep similarities to you, the last similarity I have for you is my graphic style is Ghost of Tsushima because it's just so fucking pretty. Uh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but so I picked Ghost. Um, so the rest of them are, are different. So as a character, you're playing as the hunter from Bloodborne <laughs> <laughs> just because I wanted Souls Combat to be in the game. That's sure. how you fight the scary Pokemon. Of course. And the hunter is, you know, the best character aside from Sekiro, but it, it's not a rhythm game. So it's just going to be the hunter. And then I wanted the music of Hollow Knight mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll be going around, there's like some really serene, quiet, beautiful places you'll get to. And then other places are like, you know, the music would swell up for big boss fights. And then sometimes the music is really like foreboding and eerie and creepy because it is a bit scary. And to tie into the kind of the, the, horror aspect i've got going is the the story and the narrative is going to be from returnal because okay, in returnal okay. the premise of that game is it's, it's got the time loop stuff going on but aside from like the cycle restarting over and over again the premise is that like you crash land on this alien planet and you're trying to figure out how to get home and everything is very hostile to you so that's kind of like where you are in this pokemon scary Pokemon universe is like they're all hostile to you you don't know how you got here it's kind of a mystery that you got to solve like where you are but also you got to stay alive <laughs> it's 
just like you're gonna get your shit kicked out by it like a slugma is gonna come along and it's just gonna <laughs> let you on fire and you're gonna die <laughs> so instead of blood vials do you have like potions you gotta use on yourself to, right. to heal up i think that would be it you'd have a potion um yeah. you know you'd start out with just some like basic weapons that maybe aren't really pokemon specific but then like you could get like you could have like a scythe that's like a scyther's claw or right. like you could have like a big radicate's tooth as a dagger and like oh damn it's just endless how cool you could these pokemon you could like capture fire from a fire pokemon in like a device and use it as a flamethrower with limited ammo that could be like a spell that you'd have access to like i just want it's a souls game but monster hunter mechanics and you're fighting pokemon damn hollow knight i mean (laughs) that sounds great too maybe there's room for like for our games to somehow be combined and and uh you know frankenstein themselves together (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome i'm so glad we made like two versions of the same game me too this is how badly we want pokemon to i know be good. And, and like all the ideas you could use i even thought yeah. like oh which studio would i want to make this game yeah i even i went that depth i thought it would be great sony bend already has been announced to working on something new they have all the mm-hmm. cool weather technology they were using in uh uh what's the game motorcycle uh oh days gone days gone like they they've got it man they could they could make an open world pokemon game (laughs) pokemon company is not owned by nintendo they just work with them like it it could happen yeah and like hey game freak maybe maybe you need a break yeah right give it to ben just just pass it over to ben they can make this game it'll all be good that's awesome (laughs) okay that's so cool i'm concerned about our i don't think our funny games are gonna be the same but like oh my god if they are i can guarantee you yours will not be the same as mine i will tell you about it if you'd like right now okay Okay, so (laughs) i'm gonna do my best to reveal this in the best order because my funny game isn't necessarily overly funny but it's gonna be really Uh funny for you okay so okay so my graphic style i'm starting off i i wanted to change it up with something a little different and i decided to go with um kenna bridge of spirits style because i think that game just has a beautiful pixar level design with its characters like i i honestly think you could look at that game and and you could deceive people into thinking it was a pixar movie um at least in the cutscenes. and so i really wanted to start off with that because i think the best thing about that art style is it just has nothing to do with the rest of the game I've designed at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the story and the narrative is going to be, um, sort of Phoenix Wright mystery style where you're going around and you're investigating people. And it is like, I don't think you're going to be a lawyer in this game, but you're going to be going around and like talking to people and sort of solving some, some mysteries and and learning about things that you, you know, you need to get to the bottom of some details on stuff. Right very important Mm -hmm. so the last thing i can tell you about this game that isn't going to give away what it is is the music is going to be from contra because i just love contra and i didn't want to go with persona (laughs) or something really generic and i think that like a modern take on contra i mean there's been modern contra games and they have great music it's like the best part uh and it's going to be super exciting and high energy you know because you're going to be moving around Mm -hmm. a lot in this game unlike phoenix right because (laughs) 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 because the characters of this game are Tony Hawk and his skater friends from the Tony Hawk no. skateboarding games. No! No, why would you do this to me? <laughs> and so one thing I didn't mention about the narrative is that because, you know, in Phoenix Wright, you're always going around like, oh, I'm going to the precinct. I'm going to the, the yep. I don't know, cafe to investigate. This game, it doesn't just transport you there. You actually have to skate to each location in between <laughs> <laughs> around the city to get where you're going and so right yeah and so uh, imagine tony hawk is like a pixar character uh now the two mechanics that i've added number one this game would be it would be um you know very cool to be able to have this game in vr i think because you can interrogate people and talk Mm -hmm. to your friends and like you know investigate these mysteries as tony hawk in first person like actually being tony hawk it'd be even better than playing you might really you know you could really feel like him and so that would be a lot of fun and not only would the interviewing be great but it would also be really fun to skateboard in vr as i know you'd really Mm -hmm. be interested in doing that um i wish there was some way i could experience i know i know i know so so the last thing about this game, my second mechanic, and I was just thinking, you know, what could really be added to this game? 
that would make it just the perfect video game for you. And you know what that is, Kate? I'll tell you. It's base building. So as you're skating around... <laughs> As you're skating around the city, pulling off sick, gnarly kickflips and ollies and dark sides, whatever they call them, slides, grinding, you know, you're picking up, um, you're picking up materials and you can build your own skate parks around the city and you can, you can like do tricks as you go around in the skate parks you've made with your custom materials. And it sounds like a lot of fun to me. I can't believe how you picked three good things at the start and then we're like, I'm going to ruin this so hard. <laughs> like, you managed to create an absolute monster. Like, if you thought Frankenstein's monster was a monster, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. game is a monster. I've even titled this game, actually, because, you know, Phoenix Wright. Okay. I, I even really liked it because Phoenix Wright, Phoenix, it's a bird, Kate. It's a bird. Whereas, mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Hawk, obviously, also named after a bird. So this oh, game is bird, just simply yeah. called Phoenix Hawk. It is a combination of the two of them. <laughs> i want to be mad at you because it's so cruel and terrible but like this is this is amazing and (laughs) you you've made my biggest halloween scare of all time phoenix hawk yeah maybe june but this is a halloween theme question so so there you go i I would love to hear your answer though because uh I, i i would love to see what could beat phoenix hawk as a video game well, all right. I think my game is, is maybe funnier for for like a general audience, but I don't think it's funnier to me than Phoenix Hog. Um, but so my game came, um, basically it's based off of a game that I don't know if you've heard of, but it's called Table Manners, a physics-based dating game. And so- <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> Okay, so you should look it up. I actually have it on my wish list because I think it'd be really fun to like play with some friends. But basically the game is like you're going on a first date and you're trying to like impress your date. But I love where this is going. I love where this is going. (laughs) But like the controls are like surgeon simulator style. So they're like intentionally really hard to control. And so you have to like impress your date, but you're trying not to like you know, pour her water all over the table when you get her drink and like you're cutting your food, but you can't do that very well. And so it's intentionally like just a silly dating game. So that's my, that's my basis. That had better come to PSVR too. I'm telling you right now, I need to play this. (laughs) It's so good. It keeps going on sale on Steam and one day I'll buy it. But anyway, so that, that was where I started. That's mechanic A, yeah, your physics-based dating game. And I was like, okay, how do you make, this game's already funny. How do you make it funnier? And then it it occurred to me, well, maybe you're trying to date a specific character. And the character that you are trying to impress at this first date is Kratos. (laughs) So he's on the other side of the table now. (laughs) And he's getting progressively more pissed off with how you were like, you can't cut your steak and you've spilt your drink. And, you know, you knock the candles over. Kratos is getting pissed. So the aesthetic of the game is Darkest Dungeon. Because (laughs) secretly, it's a pleasant game. But when you do poorly, it kind of starts to become a horror game. Because Kratos is unimpressed with you. And so I mostly wanted the aesthetic from Darkest Dungeon. Because I thought the narrator could, like, narrate Mm -hmm, how the mm -hmm. date is going. But he'd be like... Ruin has come to this dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So he'd narrate it. Um, Now the music we've got going is, I actually chose Earthbound, which seems like a weird pick. But what I liked about Earthbound was it has some kind of like upbeat, arcadey kind of soundtracks, which is what would play when the date's going well and Kratos is enjoying himself. But when he's not (laughs) sound like that's going to happen too often. <laughs> when he's not enjoying himself, it would go to the really like they've got a lot of like weird, dark, eerie, like kind of terrifying music, especially like near the end when you're like getting to the you know like the, the creepy twists in Earthbound. So that's what we'll be playing, and it would change tracks depending on how how the date is going. 
Um, and so then for story narrative, I wasn't really sure what to pick for this. So I just went on the store page in Steam for, for like dating games just to see <laughs> what I could find. <laughs> and I found a game called Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. I've heard of Dream Daddy. <laughs> and I thought Kratos is a dad. So maybe there's some relative, like relevant overlap. I don't actually know what that would add, but Kratos is a dad, and maybe he's your dream daddy to date. <laughs> so I hate that. this so much. Um, and <laughs> but would you play it? I mean, yeah, um, I'd play it. I'd play it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would too. Um, <laughs> the final mechanic, mechanic B. Is I was thinking like, okay, we got the dating, like the game's basically complete. Like what kind of thing could you add to it just as like a little bonus? And I thought, you know, what would make a lot of sense is if you had loot boxes. That would make a lot of sense, date, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> after every date, you like got a loot box and you could like level yourself up and like there'd be a season pass. And then the loot boxes would contain different skins for you. So you could wear like a different outfit to the date that might be more appealing. And then Kratos could also wear different outfits. Like you could get him a little bowler hat maybe in one of the boxes or like you could unlock like like dinner gloves he might wear. I hate this so much. It's getting worse. <laughs> it's getting worse because it's now pay to win. Because what if you get an outfit that he likes more in a loot box? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know. You're I trying to gouge the like, customer. You're trying to gouge them for loot box money, look, Kate. Look, you got to impress him. And if it costs 20 bucks to impress him, it costs 20 bucks to impress him. This sounds like a mobile game to me. I don't know about this. Look, maybe maybe they don't have to have to, have to actually give you stats, but maybe just, <laughs> just fun for you to show up in like a different, you know, like I'm yeah. wearing my green dress tonight. Kratos for might sure. like this. It's very fun, yeah. Wow. It's a little bit of extra RP you could add to the game, right? <laughs> what a little bit of flavor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is I feel like that game would actually sell really well on Steam. <laughs> People it would want to play so that. It's so funny. I feel like the, you know, team at Santa Monica might greenlight this if someone were to, you know, give them some money to make it. I'm... Because, like, how funny would it be to, like, dating kratos but he's like always having the worst fucking time <laughs> and then in the sequel it's like kratos comes with with atreus so it's like he's got a date he's like a single dad it like adds another element like can you impress atreus you know right because yeah. the kids you know he's important. gonna go home and like, you know, he's gonna go home and be like so atreus what did you think of them mm -hmm. and then, give me your honest you know, opinion son yeah and he's like boy tell me and <laughs> he's unimpressed like you know, maybe he doesn't go with you again. <laughs> I love it, Kate. I love this. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you if you did, but I had um, like one other idea I never threw together, which I just thought would be a really cool one for like the cool game that I wanted to bring up and share. What I just thought like the first thing that came to my mind was like a, a battle royale game like Fortnite, where they have like just characters from everything, but the characters actually behaved like themselves. They weren't just skins. So whenever someone got added, like Kratos is in the game, like he's just the strongest Kratos and whoever you're fighting, like they have to just figure it out. And the other characters could be like, you know, Homer Simpson might be there. And like, how the hell is he going to be Kratos? You got to figure it out. But I just think but that he's get not. kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but that, that was like, that was like my honorable mention. I don't know if you had any to, mm -hmm. to close us out of that. No. Honestly, like I, I did the funny game first because like I just... It just came to me in like a fever dream I had. And then the good game was like, hey, come on. Souls Pokemon Monster Hunter. Oh like, yeah, so yeah. easy. My my other um, <laughs> my other game, which I thought would be <laughs> like the funny game, which I, I quickly backed off of was that it was like Mario Party, but the mini games become full games of other party games. <laughs> so, so like you play a 10 turn match at Mario Party, but then the first turn you land on like, oh, Quiplash. <laughs> and so you have to play like a whole game of Quiplash and then see who wins. And that's oh the, the mini game. That would actually be like, you'd have to set aside like a full fucking day to play that game. But honestly, that would be so much fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Or it could be like a lot of things too. That. Like anything multiplayer really could be in this yeah, Mario Party like, game. 
just like stop and like you have to get a copy of Pictionary that you own at your house and like just play <laughs> Pictionary for an hour. <laughs> exactly. It would be great. I love it. The most time consuming game ever made in the history of, of video games. Oh man, this has been fun. I, I'm so happy Jonah wrote this question in. Um, yeah. Yes, thank you. Fantastic stuff, Jonah. Thank you so much. And if you want to be like Jonah and give us an excellent listener mail question such as this one, um, again, last time you can send this to circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com um, or get in touch with us on Twitter at CNSPod. And even if you don't have a question, please send your Frankenstein games into us because this has been hilarious, especially if you can make something funny. So again, the categories, if you want to do it, is music, graphics and aesthetic, characters, story and narrative, and then two mechanics that you want to put in the game. Uh, whatever that means to you, just send it in and let us know because this is great. And uh, we'll definitely read out any responses on a future show. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that's going to close us out for this week. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, and hanging out with us to talk about games as always. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the news, which I guess will include our recap of the Xbox Bethesda showcase, which we missed the deadline for last time, um, as well as whatever else happens between now and then. So uh, look forward to that one, everybody. And until next time, take care of yourself and we'll see you soon.